Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Right, welcome inside, everybody. The Permission Granted Podcast, the show within the show. The show about the show, which, of course, you can get on iTunes by searching DA and CBS. It's also available on its own iTunes feed or on our normal DA show iTunes feed. We always post it on Facebook as well at facebook.com slash the DA show. Now I was out last week. And so we start here, Mraz, I mean, you, you scolded me for not doing the podcast, the PGP the week that you were out. And then lo and behold, what happens last week, I'm in California. I'm waiting for the PGP because I've got time to burn in the car. I'm driving from here to there with my girlfriend and we've got time. And so I'm listening to, to satellite radio and I'm waiting for the PGP to drop. And every day I'm waiting, it's not there, it's not there, it's not there. Finally, I see people tweeting about it, and I see it finally dropped on Friday, and you never you never described it. Then I listened to it on my flight back Saturday night. I took the red eye back. So I'm listening to it on the flight, and you never described why it took so long. You you simply taped on Wednesday, the first part with Bilotti, And then you said, oh, sorry, we're 48 hours later taping with James Ward because of studio issues. But you never described what the hell happened. And if this is going to be a podcast about the behind the scenes, you've got to describe the behind the scenes. Why did it take you until Friday afternoon? That is an absolutely fair critique. And I think in my mind I was was up against the clock with James and trying to get that out. But you were embarrassed. You were ashamed. I was ashamed because I called everybody out, but I still got it out. It was still out. Because you, you made me feel terrible, and then you didn't really live up to your end of the bargain. Okay, I'll give you the whole... Now I will give you the background of what happened okay. with last week's PGP. Yeah. Last week, we had three separate hosts. Gary Parrish on Monday, Gary Parrish on Tuesday, Jody Mack on Wednesday, Chris Moore on Thursday, Chris Moore on Friday. With the Monday-Tuesday show, Pete Bellotti was off on Monday, so I wasn't going to do anything Monday. Tuesday came, and by Tuesday, I had learned that we were going to be web streaming on the Watch DA show, Jody Mack on Wednesday, followed by Chris Moore on Thursday and Friday. And this was kind of out of left field. You did not expect it because when we when I've been out, they've never done the web stream. Exactly. Which exactly. is the video feed. Which is the video feed. So on Tuesday, when Pete Pilati came in, we had the idea to tape the podcast, and I had talked to Andrew Bogus about doing the other side. But it dawned on me that I wanted to wait until Jody Mack did the Watch DA stream for a show in case anything really goofy had happened with Jody in the stream so that we had the ability to give us more content to talk about. So I waited till Wednesday to thus then tape Side B with Pete. 
But because I didn't do it on Tuesday, I lost, I came out to the newsroom after I taped side B with Pete on Wednesday and lost Andrew Bogus. He had told me he was going to stick around. He was out of here, and he had to make a train or whatever. So when Thursday rolled around, Andrew Bogus then had to do double duty for 880 and CBS Sports Radio and couldn't tape in the morning or, at the, or in the afternoon. And at that point, I said, okay, let me calm down. Let me calm down the offense here. I know James Ward is in on Friday with nothing to do. I'm going to have to suck it up, not get it out Thursday. And and that was the other thing, too. Because of all the studio stuff, it wasn't like I could pick call James Ward up or do any of that because we, we're down to this just this one studio we're taping in. Outside the cage was taping at one point where I could have had Bogus as well on Wednesday or Thursday. So I just waited for James on Friday, and I said, let me just get a – I'd rather put out a quality podcast than just throw something together quick and throw it 15 minutes because I didn't have studio use or another body. So that sounds good, except – Oh, here we go. It wasn't a quality podcast. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that was a quality <laughs> podcast. Because the one with Bilotti, you kind of touched on that it was awkward with Jody Mack doing the web stream, which I was intrigued about. I was like, okay, let me hear about what made this awkward. That does sound funny. Jody Mack, that you said had no teeth anymore and didn't know how to do the video stream. It was kind of all over the place. Hard right. to plot the show. Okay. So that was like, gave me a little bit of sense of what was going on, but then you never really delved into it. Instead, you just kind of had, like, a little bit of a take on the eclipse, mm. and then there wasn't any meat on that bone, so... Fair enough. You know what? I failed. So, the behind the scenes, I was intrigued. I want to know, how was Jody Mack on the stream? How was Chris Moore on the stream? Jody Mack was a little rough. It was He didn't get it. Jody Mack came in, I'm not sure if I mentioned this, in a very old and tattered <laughs> NFL Films polo. Like, to the point the NFL Films patch was coming off. Okay, so he's never worked for NFL Films. No, and I asked Jody Mack okay. about this behind the scenes. I go, and I mocked him. I go, Jody, I love that polo on you. He goes, well, when you uh, when you do some of those NFL Network top tens and you ask for some swag, that's what okay. they'll give you. And he right. explained how he likes the pocket in front of the shirt or whatever. But he goes, but, uh, you know. It's he likes little... the pocket on the polo. Yeah, he told me that Steve Sable had asked for the front pocket, that Steve Sable liked front pockets, and so did Jody Mack. On a polo? Uh, yeah, like a short sleeve, like golf shirt. Yeah. yeah. And so what would you put in the small I pocket? I guess from what Jody Mack said, if you wear it golfing, you put your golf pencil in there, your scorecard, and all of a this. A or something? A tea. I guess okay. I, I guess I could have explained all this all because right. it's a little Steve Sable-like doing yeah, this. Yeah, that's interesting. The problem here is Jody goes to the whole thing. He goes, well, this is why I really wish we could figure out not to do this camera or somebody could let me know because, you know, let's face it, the thing had like two coffee stains on it. It was a little wrinkled. Jody wasn't dressed to impress. Now, I'm not sure. And sh- he was embarrassed about that. Yes. And oh, I'm not sure Jody, okay. Jody Mack could, could be dressed to impress <laughs> anyway. And I tried telling Jody, I go, Jody, you got like three teeth left. You got no hair. <laughs> and then that was the other thing. As he's doing the web stream, Jody Mack did something I would do in high school, which is that like I was always the chunky kid in high school. Obviously, I'm still the chunky guy today. And I think a lot of the reason people look at me today, and I mean this with no arrogance whatsoever and think I'm the funny guy or whatever, is because... A lot of times, like you see fat comedians, they learn to be the funny guys as a mechanism to protect against people making fun of them. You know what I mean? Like yeah, you, get you on make the fun of it first before anybody right. else can. And then that part lays into you, you know, kind of getting a feel for working crowds. It's just a weird thing. There's a lot of a lot of heavy people are usually, like we've talked about, the funny guys in the room. So Jody Mack, I think, took a little bit of that and being embarrassed and being on camera. And throughout the show, tended to point out that if we look at the camera at me and Pete, that we have no hair and he has hair. Now, Jody has a freaking George Costanza horseshoe around the side of his head, has no hair on the top of his head, but somehow acted like he should be proud that he doesn't have a shaved head, that he has the hair on the side. Where me and Peter look at him like, Jody, if we want the hair you have, we could have it. 
But he wouldn't have any of it. It was almost like Jody Mack knew he didn't look good on camera and wanted to deflect and talk about how bad we looked on camera. So you're saying if this was not on camera, if this was just the radio, he would have never brought up the hair thing. Yes, exactly. Jody got very defensive at times. And that only just created some more awkwardness and all of that. I also found it very interesting that you said it was very hard to plot a show yes. with Jody Mack and Chris Moore. When we come into the to the show every day, you know, I have a, a show sheet, a graph put up with every segment that we have. Kind of, I block it like it's a TV show, and this is in TV world. You know, we have nine a.m. until nine fifteen or so, so we block that as the cold open. Here's the topic: ten twenty, we'll have a guest on, and so you block it like that, and you put that in. And that's how TV shows usually blocked. But two old school radio guys, and and so that helps the producer on the TV side or the digital side in this case know graphics and video and what we're going to put up and what we're going to talk right. about. You're telling me that two old school guys and Jody Mack and Chris Moore don't block the show. No. So here was the tricky part about all of this. When, when If you watch at watchda.com, you'll see a lot of pictures about topics and all this. And like you said, we go through the pre-show thing. So when I explained this to Jody Mack, and I knew what I was getting for Chris Moore when I talked about him after, these are guys that, unlike you, don't want to map out the show. And now you could turn around and say, well, you're the producer, Sean. You should be you know, helping them map out the show. I could have mapped out every single segment for them. They're going to rip it to shreds, and they're going to want to go with what they— They're guys who go with their gut instinct. If they see a couple calls up, they want to continue that. They're old school like that. So it's impossible to have our web guys prepared exactly for what's going to be talked about each segment. So the way I came up with, and the simplest way, when I gathered our web producers and I gathered Jody Mack, and I tried to orchestrate what we would normally do pre-show— and mapping out things and mapping out slugs and trying to come up with quirky headlines, I said, all right, if th- this is the argument we're going to have. I'm not going to convince you guys to do a show any other way. I just need to know. I've sent topics. What do you feel more passionate about that we are going to talk about on today's show? It doesn't matter when. It doesn't matter where. And they listed off you know, four things they want to talk about. So I would turn to our web producer and be like, these are the four things you need to have pictures ready to go. And you got to buy fly by the seat of your pants. And when he goes to talk about them, let's talk about them. And I also left it up to our web producers, who I thought did a great job, to have a little creative juice, they are now well aware of our, our and if you haven't seen these at WatchDA.com, you should, our catchy slugs and headlines. Like, uh, what do we say about the Colts losing Andrew Luck? Glue factory, I think, was ours today. Glue factory for the Colts, right. yeah. We come up with funny headlines. So I told him. Joe Hayden up. released was free brownie. Free brownie. So I said, you guys know how we do this. I can't tell you necessarily what he's going to go with, but based on your listening ears, you, I, I'm not going to get on you. Use whatever your best judgment is. Treat it like spring training for the web stream for football season. That was the way I put it. And I thought our web guys did a good job. Right off the bat, Chris Arndt, Chris Thomas, we talked about what his last name. He came up with shipping up to Boston for the, the, the Kyrie trade. I thought that was great. I go, you know, it's just like the song, you're doing a great job. So I had to use it as an experiment for our web guys while dealing with two old school radio guys. And to be honest, it was a whirlwind for a couple of days. So this is really interesting. This should have been last week's podcast. Yeah, the, uh, we just spent about nine minutes, and I realized how terribly I dropped the ball in a host of a podcast. And so then you had Ward on the side B, and I'm like, okay, cool. James Ward's coming up, and you mentioned college football's coming up. And then you just did Heisman picks. And well, I feel like we did a little behind the scenes for the first couple minutes. Not really. I tried to avoid. That was the thing I told James. I go, it is behind the scenes. I want to avoid all of this. But the tie-in is he does have Ward's winners coming up. That's true. But I was thinking you were going to pick his brain on Sunday morning football and what was coming up and how that changes with the web stream. And, you know, I was like, this is perfect. You got Ward to talk about Sunday morning football and everything going on. Boy, you know what? <laughs> I can't even argue with you. You're right. That was a terrible job by me. I had a lot on my mind last week. I thought I was doing the right thing. You nailed it. 
You nailed it. And this is why I learned from you all my hosting abilities, and you're absolutely right. And I think I apologize to the listeners now. <laughs> you're right. So Sunday morning football is coming up, and that's going to be interesting with the web stream because right. we – uh, we have all new graphics now for it, and um, we, uh, we've got to develop a set for it. And God, now, what's going on back here? I don't know how much I I can delve into this now, but there is a um, there's an ongoing storyline. We'll say an open investigation. <laughs> an open investigation is right. We have all this construction going on right now that is totally thrown everybody for a loop. And we've I, documented for like three weeks on this PGP here. I know, and I, I really have to take my own lumps here because two weeks ago, I just reveled in how everybody was so uncomfortable. Like, this is hysterical. We're moving desks, and yet everybody is so uncomfortable. And I was like, I, this is not a big deal. And I came out of vacation, and I was out on the West Coast, and it was just like so relaxed, so chilled. I mean, my week, it was it was actually a lot of driving, not per day, but overall, we drove probably two hours every day to a new spot. Wow. Okay. So we went from San Diego to Laguna Beach. Then we went from Laguna Beach up to L.A. Then we Your from- pictures were great, by the way. Thanks. Yeah, it was everything was beautiful. Then we went from L.A. to the Sequoias, Sequoias to a to wine country, from wine country to Monterey. So we just we went to all these beautiful places. But I, I drove a little bit every day. But I still was in all these really relaxed environments. I'm on the beach. I'm at a vineyard. I'm tasting wine. I'm, you know, everything. And then I came back. And the moment that Monday morning I, I get out of my apartment and I walk to the subway. And, like, a trash can was knocked over and all the <laughs> trash is on the sidewalk. Oh. I get on the subway and the first thing that happens is a guy tries to get off the subway and bumps into another guy, and the guy that stays on the subway that got bumped into starts under his breath muttering about how he wants to fight everybody oh. and how he doesn't want to be disrespected. And clearly this guy was kind of loony because right. he did this for a half hour on the train, constantly talking about how you don't disrespect me, I will beat you up. I'm like, great. I walk into the studio. Nice to have multiple personalities, huh? <laughs> and on Monday morning demolition zone just i'm trying to concentrate on the show and it's boom crash zap i mean i'm like what i'm supposed to like focus and it was like you know you were at a construction zone yeah you don't got to tell me i breathed in the anthrax for a week i know so i was just so thrown off so yesterday uh so so in the middle of this construction i had a box of set pieces for sunday morning football that were sent to us and it's a whole thing it's been misplaced since I went on vacation, and nobody knows where this is. And it's possible. <laughs> so dumb. It's possible the construction team just tossed it. Which, just, why would they just toss something like that? Just threw out an entire box of set pieces. So this is not good. And so yesterday I just walked into the boss's office. I'm like, I don't know where this box is. This is really bad. Somebody needs to find this. And so they just, like, sent me to engineering, who sent me back to production. And, and like, it was just a mess. And Finally, our boss was like, "Da, you're usually the, you're usually the upbeat one, man. You're bumming me out. You're depressing me." Oh. And I was like, "Sorry, but I, I walked back into a war zone after a week of totally being chill, and like, I don't know what you expect." I said, "He, <laughs> I said, I said, guys are getting sick out there, right? You got black lung." I said, "Mraz has got scurvy." I said, "Boss, the canaries are dying out there." <laughs> We're in the coal mine. The canaries are dead. I just walked it. I got to get out of here. You know what? And you can't even fault you because there's not even any offices to put the box. Like, all we have is just desks. Like, you're back in, in fifth grade, like, where you can yeah. put your pencil in, where a computer's hooked up. So you don't have anywhere to store these boxes. 
So it's not like you could have hit it somewhere else other than where you hit it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it it does feel somewhat like I it was unpreventable because I went on vacation. The box was labeled with my name. It was on top of the lockers where my locker is with my name. It was right next to Tiki's box and Tiki Barber's box, I would think, would not get thrown oh, out. Oh, that went missing too, but he ended up recovering it from what I understood. Yes. So Tiki's box has been recovered. Mine is not. And I guess I just picked the wrong week to go on vacation. <laughs> Although they probably would have tossed it anyway, even if I was here, because I wouldn't have been eagle-eyeing that box the whole day. Right, exactly. So it's just funny. Like, it, it's so chaotic around here. It's And I, I made fun of that like it wasn't a big deal, and then suddenly it totally affected my life. Yeah. <laughs> that should teach you. Yeah. It was really nonsensical. Before we let you go, though, two things, because I was out Monday. I hate to get sportsy on you. Why are you so anti the McGregor-Mayweather fight? It was great. Well... Because I felt as though it was really artificial. And the reason that I I, okay. I like sports and I still love sports is because it's still unpredictable. You know, even though we think that Alabama and Ohio State and USC are going to be in the college football playoff, it's largely likely that we see tons of upsets. and that there's, Nobody had Washington in the college football playoff last year. Yeah, and... Even though the Patriots seem like, you know, the bet, you still know that any given Sunday. And when I watched the fight, it was aggravating because everything fit the narrative. And it was... See, I disagree with that. The only thing that didn't was that McGregor put up a decent fight early. That's the only thing. But if you backtracked, you'd realize that was part of the narrative because Mayweather wanted an entertaining fight. He and he set, did say so after the fight. And before it, that this was for his audience, this was for the fans, he wanted it. So how do you make it entertaining? You've got to let McGregor win a couple of rounds early, uh, and you have to make it go minimum nine or ten rounds. And you can't go to decision. So my whole point was, we knew this was a cash grab, we knew it was a money grab, it wasn't for anything real. And on top of it, it was orchestrated in the perfect way that I'm not saying that Mayweather said, let's make sure McGregor wins the first two rounds or whatever. which I don't think happened. I don't know how you could do that. But what you could do was game plan, here's how we both want it to go. You and I both know this can't be a short fight. I can't knock you out in the first round because everyone's going to go, why the hell did we pay? We also can't have it go to decision. So here is what needs to happen. I've got to pump you up, Mayweather to McGregor, which happened. He pumped up McGregor saying that he's a good fighter. I'm right. old. I'm rusty. So he had already kind of planted the seed that this is going to be a good fight. McGregor was absolutely better than we gave him credit for. But that still fit into the artificial playbook. Ah. And so the way that it ended also allowed everybody to want a rematch, which is exactly what these two guys want. I See, I don't think we're getting a rematch. I disagree. Maybe we're not, but it sets it up where if there was going to be one, this is the perfect way for there to be one. Yeah, I guess if if McGregor built on his stamina and everything. See, I took it as what Mayweather said when he said, I wanted to give my fans a show is he had more eyes on him in that Pacquiao fight than ever before. And if you've watched enough Mayweather fight, you know that he's a defensive boxer despite his TKOs throughout the years. And he didn't play defense, really, the entire fight where he would dance around a ring and wait to be hit and just kind of win that way. He tried to be aggressive in the first two rounds, but McGregor came out more aggressive than him. And there were certain times throughout the fight where they would both look at each other. And even though they, you could tell they both appreciated each other, they would almost laugh at each other like, okay, I see what you got here. And like I sitting back watching that, there was the first fight I can remember, probably since the Zab Judah Mayweather fight years ago, 
where I was totally locked in, and I was stunned because I had such my bar was set so low for this fight. I knew I was ordering, but I thought it was going to stink. To actually get a competitive fight like that, that went that long, I, I loved it. I, I just have a hard time walking away from that fight going, oh, that was a waste of 100 bucks. It may not have been a waste of $100 because if you felt like you were entertained, that's all that really right. matters. My point was that when all was said and done the dust cleared, this is exactly the way they wanted it to go. And it's hard for me to imagine that this is not partially how they orchestrated it. By Mayweather, didn't really take Connor seriously, let's face it. Didn't spar for however long it was. Right. Took two years off. And then, you know, Connor was better than he thought. So it was like, oh, he was kind of startled. And then Connor predictably faltered because he tired himself out. Right. Mayweather predictably figured it out. Mayweather predictably went after knocking him out instead of waiting for the decision. Mayweather predictably took advantage of the moments that McGregor got tired. And the fight, I don't know if it was predictably stopped, but it felt like to me it was stopped not incorrectly because I don't think there was any chance that McGregor was going to win. But it was stopped before McGregor really got hurt. Yeah, which I didn't like. I thought the ref got in the way of the fight a lot. The I ref know, made it about himself from the get-go. I saw you tweet that. I didn't necessarily feel that way, but I felt like the ref also, there was this kind of gentleman's agreement of like, at least in my mind, this is not McGregor's sport, and he potentially has the possibility of his eye getting blown up. But he made it clear. See, this is what I didn't like about the ref. From the get-go, when he's reading them their their first rights before the fight— Everything he says, he never looks at Mayweather. He's staring Correct. at yeah. McGregor with every rule. Remember, this is a boxing bat, yeah. you know, blah, 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 blah. And then every time, you know, either McGregor would go to hammer Mayweather on top, which is illegal, or do the grabs. I'm not saying he didn't do his job, but it was almost like he had to make, the ref made his presence felt, and I almost felt like the ref, and now this is probably a bad job, I mean, I don't even remember his name, was trying to make a name for himself out of the fight, which I didn't like, and I thought the way he stopped it just added to that. Yeah, I mean, he could have taken advantage of that. That would be par for the course for this fight. Everybody right. was just trying to make themselves famous on this fight and rich. I just thought, like, if you give Mayweather another half a round, he's going... I mean, McGregor's wide open at this point. He's right, not he's going to get plastered onto the mat. Plastered. Which, by the way, we all would have loved. I'm sure McGregor wouldn't have cared in the end either. And that would have felt a little bit more authentic, but it was like stopping it before it got too real. It was like stopping it before it got really bad. And um, I could agree with that. So it just felt like, and then they like, they, so they they curse each other out throughout the entire two months. Right. They call each other terrible racial, you know, stuff. They, they do all this stuff about domestic violence, and they're really going after each other in an ugly way. And then as soon as the fight is over, they hug, and it's like total kudos to each one. They were both a great fighter. And so it just felt like, yeah. again, the buildup was, the hate was artificial, and at the end, everybody got what they wanted. They got the payday. McGregor got the respect. Mayweather got the win. May Mayweather could be complimented. Nobody could be criticized, really. And it, like I, I, I get it. I, I feel I totally get what you're saying, and I agree. I actually agree with every point you're making. My only point would be, I think anybody who was really looking forward to this fight, I, maybe this is just me. I thought a lot of people agree with me was that McGregor really had no chance. And I think you, the reason you walk away is because there was a, at least a moment you had Saturday night. We were like, oh wow, he may knock out Mayweather. You know, like I actually, we actually got it, knowing that it didn't happen now, but in the moment, you, you thought felt, he could knock him out? Yes. I mean, he, I thought. He I, landed a couple of those punches where he kept coming in those first three rounds where you're like, you knew eventually he'd tire out, 
But especially coming out of the first round, I think everybody I was watching would look around and go, oh, wait a minute here. You know? And and now it's easy to say in hindsight, looking back, that it didn't happen and it looks all predictable. But even those moments live as it was happening in the first, second, and third round were not predictable and nobody saw coming. Okay, I could see that. I think I never felt like he could knock him out. I thought that he, I was surprised he could touch him. I, I was surprised he could hit the uppercut. I was right. surprised he could land a few punches. I was surprised. I didn't think Mayweather fought aggressively, though, in the first couple of rounds. He didn't, but it also I also felt like Mayweather was almost taken back because that was the fighter he had fought with, fought with the longest, you know, wind span and stretch. That McGregor's arms and his stance, he was standing like a freaking praying mantis at times. Yeah. It, I think it almost kind of threw Mayweather off. Now, Mayweather did the right thing as great a boxer as he is and almost let the fight come to him and figure him out. But I think he was almost shocked. Like, well, I better be careful here because although I'm a great defensive boxer, if he's coming in at those angles and he's that long, maybe I do get knocked out. And I think there were those moments live. I'm telling you, it's easy to look back now and go, well, that was never going to happen. But in the moment live, there were moments of unpredictability that I didn't see coming. And that's why I liked it. I, I think I was tainted because the entire time I said, this is an orchestration. This mm-hmm. is all artificial. And then when it ended up that it ended where everybody goes home happy, it felt like it felt like a movie. It felt like it was a TV show scripted exactly the way it was supposed to be scripted. And the thing is with sports, like the whole reason I love it. And I think most of us love it is that by the end of it, you know, very rarely is it something that you totally know absolutely is going to happen. So, you know, just because, I don't know, it just, it, because by the end of it, it ended up the way that we thought going in. I just, I walked away going, I, I wasn't into that anyway, but I wasn't into it to, to begin with. Okay. I said the whole time, I didn't care about this fight. I wouldn't have ordered it if it wasn't my job. I wouldn't, it wouldn't have mattered to me. I, I did, though, I was impressed by this. I was impressed, obviously, by McGregor. I was impressed, though, also that when I was on vacation, it was everywhere. Everybody right. couldn't stop talking about it. And there's something significant to be said for it's, it wasn't the Super Bowl, that it was one fight that didn't really even count. In the, the perfect week before college totally. football, two weeks before the NFL. And everybody was locked in. And that... I just, I was, I couldn't believe it. Like, it really worked. I It really, really worked. They did it. Yeah, and I think Dana White comes out a winner, too, because McGregor wasn't embarrassed, and I think a lot of boxing fans or casual fight fans might be more prone to order the next McGregor UFC fight when he returns. One of my buddies already said, I've never ordered a UFC fight. I'm totally going to order a McGregor fight. My dad said the same thing, and my dad's totally not into, like, that kind of, he's like, I got to see McGregor fight again. Yeah. So, I, and that was my concern. I thought UFC would be embarrassed because I thought the boxer would obliterate him. I think UFC and Dana White come out a big winner in this too. Yeah, I think that, and that's the weird thing is that rarely in sports is everybody like a big winner. Ever, rarely yeah. is there a big match or a big game, or and then you, you go, well, both sides really came out the big winner here, and it happened in this, so it feels like, oh, did they? You're want, a cynic. It's okay. Did they want that all along? They probably did want it all along. Yeah. I can't buy it scripted, but I had to pick your brain on that because I was out Monday and I. I so your point, I couldn't disagree more. Very good. All right, so uh, we had the amazing wingership today. So you and Belide are going to break that down? We're going to break it on down right now. And, uh, yeah, hopefully Pete's, re- Pete's ready to go. I'm sure he's stuffed. He just finished lunch after eating wings because he acts like he's on a diet and he's a pig. But we'll see what's happening he here. He keeps saying he's on a diet. Yeah, and every time I see him, he's eating. So <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Side B is right now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
All right, welcome into Side B of the PGP. This is Mraz, the host of Side B and the executive producer of the DA Show. Pretty lethargic after Wingership One, Ugh. joined by Pete Bellotti, Bellotti, making uh, grunting sounds in the background. Pete, what's going on? Oh, yeah. I mean, you only had like five wings, and you look stuffed. I know. Well, I had. Lunch. I just had lunch now, but still, what <laughs> was for lunch? It was a turkey sandwich. You know, okay, a nice calming turkey sandwich. But I'm I'm grunting at many things. One being the amount of wings that were consumed by. Mr. Badlands Booker, or the number of wings consumed by anyone else in the control room, and the quality of the wings as well. Well, that that should be noted here as we come off uh, wingership one here. First of all, Hot Rods Barbecue brings in the wings, as we we have discussed here on the PGP. Excellent wings. They came in around Super Bowl week, so I knew when we wanted to do something with wings heading into football season, they were the people to call. The time had almost run out on doing hot dogs, so we had gone this route. The problem was— Well, before you continue— the hot dogs thing too is like we've done hot dogs a lot. Yeah, but I you still say. like doing it around July. Okay, but that time has passed. That's true. Chicken wings. I mean, anybody can eat chicken wings. Hot rods comes in. The wings are excellent. I can only imagine how much better they're here. They are there, if you will. But, but the whole thing with the wingership just got thrown off because number one, we had an EMT bail at the last minute. We we're supposed to to do a contest. We have to have an EMT present in case anybody chokes or anything like that. The EMT that we were supposed to have, a lot of things came up, didn't happen, okay? So now we have to do this in a way where we're we're labeling it like it's a contest, but it's not a contest, like mm-hmm. a wink, wink, nod, nod. That's right. why Jacob Wilkins' casual play-by-play without mentioning how many wings people were eating was amazing and hysterical because technically we weren't allowed to keep count. It was almost like when you play a kid's peewee soccer game and they don't keep score. That's essentially, <laughs> Everybody's a winner. That's essentially what the wingership was. and We didn't know how it would go off, and I thought it was even funnier that way Jacob Wilkins obviously added to it. The mu- the elevator music underneath added to it. And the idea that Badlands Booker, after we get Hot Rods barbecue people, they go home, they they head out, and Magic Mike, who was here, he heads out. We're about to interview Scott Hansen uh, at the top of the last hour of the show, and Badlands Booker turns and goes, I'm going to stay here and eat some more, if you guys don't mind. He was hungry. He was hungry. And essentially what we had, and I mentioned this on the show, was we had a guy casually eat lunch for an hour and a half in the background. And if you don't watch the show, watch DA.com. I can't stress enough. This is what you're missing. You, don't, you won't see that anywhere else. And you can stream WatchDA.com on your phone. You can stream it on your laptop, your tablet, whatever you want. And I know listening to this show is obviously great. We are a radio show. But seeing the theatrics of this show on camera, I think we took it to another level with Wingership. Look, I've said this before many times. I've said that entertainment is the the crux of sports now. Oh, it and, has to be. And having a guy eat his lunch for an hour... <laughs> While we talked about Joe Hayden, was <laughs> epic, and I, I tell you, it was an I, it was something that developed over the course of, of twenty four hours, right? Especially with the EMT news, we had to right. figure out what we were going to do because we weren't canceling What's the backup this thing. plan. What's the backup? And we were up against the time here. Football season is starting. We were going to eat something that had to happen before football season. Right. I, at first, I recommended to you tacos, but I don't think that would have been. That no, could you imagine the mess? Tacos would have left behind. And that's the other thing. The studio right now, as we are taping this on Wednesday after Wingership 2017, the studio smells like smoked meats. Like, because these are coming from a barbecue place, so their wings, as as Anthony had described on the show in the first hour, Anthony runs Hot Rods Barbecue. The, the wings are smoked, then they're fried, and he gave you the whole breakdown, which I love. That was delicious. Mm-hmm. The snap. Oh, the crispiness. The snap. That's the big... Oh, the snap of that wing. Oh, the... Oh. 
It's oh. unbelievable. Now, you get me all crazy. Pete, me and you, what you couldn't hear on the radio, but we could see with our own eyes, and you could see at watchda.com, was when DA was doing sound check at the end of the second hour of Wednesday's show. At that point, Magic Mike had almost thrown in the towel. There were too many wings for him. And when you're eating against, it's, it's as if you're taking BP, like I said, against Mickey Mantle. You know, he's going to hit more home runs than you. So Badlands Booker was going to eat more wings than, than Mike, even if we weren't keeping count. Well, there was a point where uh, Mike almost got up. Right. I, and I was like, uh-oh, what's going on here? No, but I but think he just— it was a false alarm. It was a false alarm. But there—so DA's trying to rattle through. And, and do the do the DA show. Do the mothership around these guys eating, which is just funny if you're watching, because we always had the wing cam and the Booker cam on them. Booker starts taunting DA while he's doing sound check, <laughs> and DA is having a serious point, a serious uh, point about a very serious and, and delicate topic in domestic violence and Ezekiel Elliott and the appeal. And Booker, because his headphones really aren't aren't glued in, and he's focused on the wings, doesn't know what DA is talking about to, to say Booker's face here. And he's basically mocking DA, pulling bones out of his mouth, and we're sitting back there like, oh my, what have <laughs> we done? He. He's 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 swallowing wings whole. Right now, he also this is going on. He, Pete, he gave us three moves. Well, the uh, Sonia, the the what do you call it, the grasshopper, or the cricket, or whatever uh, he's pulling and, and out. And the one where he eats the entire wing, uh, and <laughs> then he takes out takes out his whole bone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. He had given us he, several different, whatever they call. It. Right, they all were gross. Oh. Watching people eat, isn't that the thing about eating wings? Isn't that the most disgusting thing to watch people eat? Well, when you're out in public. Well, eating that the, the league that. Baylands Booker's in major league gross because you're eating a lot, a lot. But now I'm talking about I forget eating contests or anything like that. If you go to a restaurant, you're out with your girlfriend. I'm out with my wife, or we're out with friends. For me, and I enjoy wings. I love wings. There's nothing more disgusting to watch other people eat. Like if you're if you're sitting there and you're looking through a menu, right, and you want to order, you name your favorite local restaurant. You look over and there's a table next to you, and you see a guy with like sauce dripping on the side of his hand. Onto his wrist, eating wings. There's no more disgusting sight yet. It never sways me from ordering wings. I tell you, I'm a I'm a boneless wing guy. Okay, see, I, I like the guy. boneless wing, but eh. cleaner, a little cleaner. Um, I'm not a fan of it's anything cleaner. getting on your shirt. Yeah. I, 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 by the way, Pete, oh. I got barbecue sauce all over my shirt. <laughs> For some reason, when I get something on my shirt, like a barbecue sauce or whatnot, it skews me out. It's like it's like oh, really you got this. Stain I live with on food your, on my shirt. You got the stain on your shirt, and you're walking around. You just feel grimy, for me. You can't. It's it's hard. <laughs> it's hard. So I so that put that into the equation. That's why I go to boneless. Okay, and, boneless. But, do you fork and knife. Or you pop them all in one shot like an M M&M? and M. No, <laughs> I don't cut <laughs> it. No, I just have one at a time. One at a time. So yeah. you won't necessarily like bite into it. You'll pop the whole thing in your I mouth. I might bite it. It depends. Like if it's a hot, if it's a if it's a buffalo style wing, I will maybe have a couple bites and then have some water mixed in the equation. Mm. See, it depends for me. If it's ex- it doesn't matter the the temperature. If it's extra saucy, I might cut it in half. But generally speaking, if I'm gonna have a boneless wing, I don't feel like I'm truly a man unless I put the whole thing in my mouth. Well, I, I feel like a man in more, more ways than one. So I'll, I'll have a boneless <laughs> wing. <laughs> and I don't really care what anyone else thinks. I, I, I am a man. I am having boneless wings with a fork and not getting anything on my, my, my shirt. How do you think Brian Jones thinks Basegli eats his wings? No comment on that. <laughs> don't we have some other things to talk about? <laughs> I, I don't think I think you can describe that even on the PGP. Now, now one more point about hot rods because I know you have to uh, you have to get going here. 
Cut Axe tape, come on. Right, Hot Rods Barbecue when they brought in the wings and did a great job. The one thing they did not bring, and I actually think it was a blessing, that at first I kind of looked, it was, like, it was a little, eh, no blue cheese. I think blue cheese could have called it this, caused a disaster with Booker and Mike in studio because if they're dunking their wings in blue cheese and adding that dairy and that smell of blue cheese, I think we have more opportunity for a regurgitation Ugh. situation as Badlands had described to Jacob Wilkins, and I think that could have been a mess for everybody. Another thing that I am not a fan of is blue cheese. Come on, Pete. I'm a what are you, ranch, a ranch? ranch person. But I feel like blue, uh, you, cheese, blue cheese takes away from the wing experience. No, you, it doesn't. You, you take blue away, cheese can sometimes make a wing. Uh, you take away a solid two wings because you have that, that, that heaviness of blue cheese, I feel. So you could eat more. I buy that. You could eat more volume of wings. But I yes. think blue cheese can, as long as it's good blue cheese. I'm not talking about dumping craft in a bowl and throwing it out at a restaurant. Some restaurants and wing places... If they're good like that, they make their own blue cheese. There are a couple places I like by uh, me that do that. And I think blue cheese, I'll, I'll even go out of the way if I'm not even in the mood for a wing. I'm in the mood for the blue cheese to order wings based on their blue cheese. No. I, you can tell a lot about uh, a man if they will prefer ranch or blue cheese. And I learned a lot about you well, today. Well, I am a man. I am more of a man than anybody else around here. Whoa. <laughs> come on, Pete. Well, uh, that's a little much. I'm more of a man than some people around here. So No, no, stick to your guts. You're more of a man no, than everybody yeah, else around I here. I am. I am. I eat ranch, and I'm a man. Well, there you have it. I don't really know what to add to that. Apparently, if you eat ranch, you're a man, and that's, that's right. Pete Pilates' motto to live that's by. That's right. Everyone eats blue cheese. It has something different. Then you're a real man. Get a little juice. A little juice. A little ranch. That's a lot of juice right there. You get a lot of a lot of the juices coming from the chicken. The juices coming from having that ranch integration. It's great. Ranch integration. I think we can get that on a hashtag on your Twitter, Pete. Where you can follow you at. At CBS PDB. You can follow me at Mraz CBS. I hope you guys enjoyed winger, your wingership as much as we did. And I hope you've enjoyed this PGP. Take care, everyone. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.